Hi, this is Peter Schwartz, public address announcer for the Cosmos, and you're listening to the First Team Podcast. Cosmos Country. On this week's episode, I will review the Cosmos 1-1 draw against the Jacksonville Armada, preview the Cosmos clash at the weekend against NASL newcomers, the San Francisco Deltas, with Hans, who is a member of the Delta Force. They are an independent supporters group for the San Francisco Deltas, and we will preview the other fixtures in the NASL this weekend. So let's first talk about the Cosmos draw against Jacksonville Armada 1-1 at MCU Park. It was a great match because the Cosmos scored first. And this is what they had to do against league leaders Jacksonville Armada. Restrepo passes the ball to Marquez in the box. And Marquez puts the ball in the back of the net to put the Cosmos up one nothing. And that's what they had to do. Score first, dominate the match, and show the Jacksonville Armada that we're the nearer Cosmos and we could beat you at home. And we didn't show that against Miami FC. We were embarrassed in our home opener. In the second half, I would have parked the bus. And I know a lot of people might have said, no, push on and go score the second goal and show Jacksonville Armada who's boss, that we are the best team in the league. But the problem is, is that we're not there 100%. Even though we played well and we scored first and we looked like the old team from the past couple of seasons, We're not the same team. And that's why I think we should have put an extra defender on the pitch and just parked the bus and just absorbed all the pressure, sat back, let them attack, and we would have had three points. And we would have been tied with the Armada for top of the table. But now we finished a match with a point. And the Armada are the real deal. On Saturday, they host the Indy 11. And if they can get a point or beat Indy 11 at home, then that shows you that the Armada are serious, that they can compete for the spring title. Maybe they can compete for a NASL championship final. But the Cosmos are going to face them again in Jacksonville at MCU Park. And hopefully when we face the Armada again, hopefully we are a different team. Hopefully we're playing well. Hopefully we're scoring a lot more goals and defending well. The other results throughout the NASL in Week 5, Indy 11 drew against the San Francisco Deltas 0-0. Miami FC drew 1-1 against North Carolina FC, and FC Edmonton against Puerto Rico FC. FC Edmonton won that match 2-1. And that match, it was late Saturday night, and it was snowing in Edmonton. And like I said last week, FC Edmonton had to win that game because Puerto Rico FC, they're not used to that cold weather. That's number one. Number two, they traveled so far away. They have to go on so many flights, connecting flights, all that. And that plays a factor 
on your squad. I don't think a lot of people understand that aspect of traveling, uh, but from Puerto Rico to Edmonton or Edmonton to Puerto Rico, that travel experience is crazy, really crazy. And I think there was an article written by Stephen Soundor, I think from last season. It was talking about how difficult the trip is, how many flights they need to go on, how long it takes, all of that. And it's a very interesting factor of the North American Soccer League. And that's why I think a lot of people are saying maybe down the line we need to have conferences or have regional play to cut down on costs and things like that. So maybe that's a chat to have sometime soon. But moving on from the match, let's look ahead to our match against the San Francisco Deltas. The Deltas are a brand new side coached by Mark Dos Santos. And the Cosmos are going to be hitting the road to face them. And it's going to be a great encounter. When you face a newcomer in the league, you don't know what to expect from them. Even though they have a very experienced manager, Mark Dos Santos put together a team full of very experienced players from MLS and NASL. But from an outsider looking in, I don't know what to expect from them this season. They just want to compete. They don't want to uh, be like Jacksonville Armada over the past couple of years. Even though they played around with managers and they turn over their squad and this and that, they don't want to finish last, in my opinion. I think they want to be competitive. They want to put a great product on the field and they want to get results. And that's the most important thing. So I think this Saturday, this is their way of saying, we're playing the Cosmos, this big name. And I think a lot of people locally in San Francisco are going to be like, the Cosmos are coming to town. And in the NASL, I feel like a lot of teams use that as like their marketing campaign. They say, Cosmos are coming to town. They want to sell more tickets. And they want to show, even though we're not top of the table and we're not playing well, the name's still there. What we're trying to do is still there. And our championships and all the history is there. And they want to beat us to show that they can knock off the top team in the league that spend the most money that are the most competitive team in the league. The Cosmos starting 11 for this match should be uh, a 4-2-3-1. I don't think our defenders are that great because Carlos Menes has been out. I would love to see a back line consisting of Ayose, a left back, Carlos Mendes, and David Ocheng, and Ryan Richter as the right back, Mauer in goal, of course, and the two defensive midfielders, Danny Satella and Juan Guerra. Attacking midfielder, Andres Flores, Restrepo on the right, hopefully Amari up front, and on the left, I would love to see Alassane. I believe he has a lot of pace. We haven't seen enough from him. I know a lot of people might be calling for Menjavar or other players, but I believe we need more pace on the wings. And I understand that Eugene provides something that Amari doesn't, because like I said over the past couple of weeks, Amari is that striker that doesn't work so hard. You have to give him the ball and he's the finisher. Eugene works for everything. He works hard, he runs around, and he gets involved in the match. So there's pros and cons for both uh, strikers. I don't think Eugene is a striker that's going to be uh, the leading goal scorer and is going to uh, propel the team on. So we can't depend on one player like we have over the past couple of seasons. So over the past couple of years, we've said we had Marco Senna. So when we take free kicks, we know Marco Senna or Juan Arango is going to score those free kicks. We don't have that key player. 
I like to believe that that's Amari. Giovanni Savarese might think differently. So in my opinion, I would love to see Amari, Restrepo. They need to provide service. It's going to be a tough match. The player we should watch out for on the San Francisco Deltas is their striker, Tom Heineman. He's played for the Tampa Bay Rowdies. We faced him in the final, of course, against Ottawa Fury. He loves to score against the New York Cosmos, a very dangerous striker. They used to call him the Caveman. So I think he's a player that we should watch out for. Our defenders are not the best in the league, especially going up against a new team in the league. It's going to be a very interesting match. Mark Dos Santos knows a lot about the New York Cosmos. He faced the Cosmos in the final, so he knows more about the Cosmos than the players that they have on their squad. That's why I think it's going to be a very interesting match because there's so much riding on this match. The Cosmos need to um, keep up with the teams ahead of them. We have to go there and get at least a point. I would love to go to San Francisco and pick up three points. That would bring a lot of confidence to the squad to show that we can go to San Francisco for the first time and beat them. But it's going to be a very tough task. Very tough. We went to Miami FC and we ruined their party. We ruined their home opener. Why can't we ruin the Delta's party against the New York Cosmos? So that's why my score prediction is a 2-1 New York Cosmos victory. Hopefully we see that. So let's hear from Hans, who is a member of the Delta Force, San Francisco Delta's supporters group. I'm joined with Hans, the chairperson of the Delta Force. How are you today, Hans? I'm doing great. Let's first talk about the Deltas because you're the new club in the NESL. What's the expectations? Mm-hmm. It's not to finish last in the table, right? But I don't think you expect <laughs> to make it into the championship, of course, right? Uh, so, uh, quoting uh, our, our head coach, Marcus Santos, his goal, at least this uh, as a first season, is to make the playoffs. Hmm. Um, and so that's kind of where we're setting our sights right now, and uh, hopefully we can go further than that, obviously. But um, first goal is to make the playoffs, have a good showing uh, in our first season. So can you just talk to Cosmo supporters and just talk about like your recent results, um, maybe like formations and things like that? Yeah, so uh, we're currently, amazingly enough, we're undefeated, um, not just in the NHL, but actually in club history i guess you could say we've had uh we had five preseason matches um and then obviously the the last what four um regular season matches so far um and most of them have been you know uh wins and draws and we luckily haven't actually lost any yet um in terms of formation uh we mark pretty much sticks with the 4-3-3 almost consistently uh, with a defensive midfielder uh two wingers you know the, the single forward up top uh but it's it's been working pretty well. He he's put together a pretty solid team starting from the back and working forward. Um, we have a very good defensively um, uh, impressive team. Considering you know if you look at our recent results, um, we've only conceded two goals this season. Um, so it's been pretty good defensive wise going forward. Um, attacking, you know, we have we I guess we kind of still working from there. Um, I mean, these guys you know have literally just got together about a, two months ago, um, and, you know, some of them we never even met before. So I think uh, considering, you know, considering that, we're doing quite impressive um, so far. But Mark Dos Santos said that you want to make the playoffs, or that's his goal for the team because he put together, like, a great squad. Right. Um, but as a supporter, understanding that, like you just said, they just came together 
Like, what's your hopes for the team? I mean, I would love to see. Uh, I would love to see us make the postseason. Um, I mean, even I, I could. I, I'd like to think that we can go pretty far actually in the postseason. I think we have a squad that can do that. Um, in terms of the Open Cup as well, I'd love to see us move a little bit further into the U.S. Open Cup, uh, maybe a round or two. Um, try and go against you know one of the MLS sides. Uh, it'd be pretty cool to be able to um, play against the San Jose Earthquakes um, in a competitive fixture. Um, we played them in a preseason friendly and actually beat them one nil. Um, so it'd be pretty fun to see them up against each other, you know, in a uh, actual competitive match. So yeah. I'd like to see us go deep, uh, go 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 well into the the Open Cup, and uh, yeah, I mean, have a good showing in the postseason uh, for the NASL. So what player on the Delta should we watch out for? Uh, there are a couple um, on defense. I would say uh, Kenny TSA. Um, he's our our left back. Um, he's actually, I think, leading our, the team in both in touches, duels, duels one, and tackles. So uh, he's a very solid uh, Dutch defender that we brought in. He's actually never played in the U.S. before, so this is his first time. Um, he's doing a very good job uh, there on the left wing. Um, in terms of uh, attackers, I think Pablo Diego, um, he's a Brazilian we have on loan from Fluminense, uh, who's uh Typically plays on one of the, either wing. Um, it kind of depends on when if Jackson's playing or Danny Cruz's. But uh, he, I don't know if you probably saw his goal a couple of weeks ago. He won the uh, play of the week. He had that pretty fantastic long-range goal. But um, he's the kind of guy that can create something out of nothing. Um, mm-hmm. And so you're going to watch out for him on usually on the left wing. Yeah, and Tom Honeyman, he always likes to score a goal against the Cosmos. <laughs> that is true. Uh, we kind of nicknamed him the Wolfman. Uh, if you look at him, he kind of looks like he's slowly changing into a wolf. Um, but he's also the highest scorer on our team so far. Um, he netted two against uh, North Carolina um, and then one as well um, against Indy 11, I believe it was. Um, yeah. he No, but he's a very yeah. dangerous striker. I wouldn't mind him with the Cosmos. <laughs> yeah, big guy up front. Very good, very good uh, striker up there. You definitely have to watch out for him. Do you think you guys have a big budget? Because I know with Tom Honeyman, I think with the Rowdies last season, he was getting paid over a hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars. So, uh, I I couldn't tell you exactly how much the the budget is that they have. I know uh, we have uh, multiple like tech investors that are in the club that um, allow you know probably allow us to have a decent budget. Uh, I know NASL has certain. Uh, salary cap rules. I don't, you know, I'm not entirely familiar with all those, but uh, I know, I know these players are making a pretty decent amount, um, and I would, I wouldn't uh, dismiss it if you said that he's making over a hundred thousand now too, because it's probably, it probably would be the case. What's the local community's response of the team? Because you bring a new professional team to your local community. What has been the response? I saw that like a lot of media outlets have been covering the team, but. Just locally with the uh, residents, how do they feel about the squad? Um, I think it's a little bit of mixed. Um, you have some of the people that you know didn't want to have any kind of professional sports team right in the middle of San Francisco. Um, mostly it's that whole NIMBY, you know, not in my backyard. They don't want to have to deal with the noise and such. Yeah. Um, I think they're finding that it's actually not nearly as bad as they were uh, assuming. You know, they kind of assumed that all soccer fans are alcoholics and going to be just you know causing a huge ruckus you know, during the matches, and it hasn't been the case. Um, but from what I've seen, everyone that actually has gone to the games, they've had a lot of really positive uh, feedback, a lot of positive uh, uh, experiences um, at the games. And, and in terms of the people behind the team, uh, you know, this brand-new team, they were doing a lot of outreach and sort of grassroots kind of 
uh, promotions of the team even before we even had a, 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 a manager yeah. or uh, or a team uh, to even speak of. So um, uh, San Francisco, is, uh, the people tend to be a little bit skeptical when it comes to a professional soccer team because it's we've had a couple in the past and they haven't really worked out. You know, they tend to fizzle out or they run out of money or something else. Um, and so there's a lot of people that are a little skeptical on whether or not it's going to work out. Um, and, and I think uh, as, as we're getting these good results and as we're um, more people are going, showing up to the games and having a good time and bringing, you know, their own friends, uh, it's really going to start growing even further. Um, but in terms of, you know, the people that have actually been there, if you go to a game, uh, they tend to come back. And it seems like the tech investors, it feels like they understand the sport because you get owners that are like, whoa, why did I lose like $4 million? But you have all these investors that sort of understand the sport and understand what it takes to own a professional soccer team. And I think that's a positive. Exactly. And and the, the CEO, Brian, I'm sure you've seen some of his interviews. You know, he's a, he, he's a fan first. I met the guy quite a few times and he's, you know, just a very, very passionate about the sport very knowledgeable about the sport and how to run a team. Uh, and, and he's had a lot of uh, good people around him as well that have you know past experiences with other professional sports teams, um, especially in soccer. Uh, and so I think he's, the, the team has a very good, um, they call it the ops team, a very good group of people there that uh, I think really know what they're doing and, and how to run this team. And the, the investors, I think also, most of them are all, you know, big supporters of soccer. And so they're not just investing in this, you know, uh, team to make a bunch of money. They're doing it because they really love the sport uh, and they want to see this succeed in the city. Um, and so I think they all understand, you know, what needs to go in in order to have a successful team. So I want to get your thoughts on your sort of streaming on Twitter and see, yeah. I think for most supporters, that's cool. Well, first, let's just say that it's on Periscope on Twitter. Like, see, from our point of view, we are in a big market, New York City. On Twitter, no one would care about our club. San Francisco is, you know, obviously the big tech tech kind of capital of the world. Um, and a lot of the people around here, um, if they don't aren't on Twitter, you know, they have access at least to it. You don't even have to have a Twitter account in order to watch the video. It's like yeah. kind of like Facebook live streaming. You can if you can just go on and start watching it. Um, and so it, they, I, I'm not sure how they make, you know, they, they don't have any kind of money from uh, any kind of local, I guess, TV deal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe in the future that might end up happening. Uh, I know that uh, the CEO, you know, Brian, he has a good uh, relationship with the um, the founder of, of Twitter. And so that might have that, that might have been where that um, streaming kind of service sort of came from, is that relationship there. And, uh, I mean, for me, I think it's great because it, it gives everyone access to it for free anywhere in the world, really. Um, we have people in UK, apparently, that watch these games and they can do it on Twitter and uh, not have to pay for, you know, subscription to like be in sports or, or even have, you know, some kind of uh, cable subscription in order to get ESPN. So yeah. um, mm-hmm. it's pretty good, a uh, good way of getting, you know, the word out for free, basically, for these people. Um, and then, you know, from there, we can kind of build a way up. But just from the outside looking in, mm-hmm. they're not soccer fans and they're not trying to find the sport or not trying to find their local team. And maybe they don't have Twitter, but maybe they're one of those old school fans that like to sit down, grab a beer, and just watch the game on TV. You know what I mean? So if they're, uh, if they're local, yeah. we would hope they go to the games. <laughs> so away games aren't streamed on Twitter. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. Twitter, the Twitter games are only the the um, uh, the Delta's home games are the only ones that are on on Twitter. So mm-hmm. uh, last week we were we were away to Indianapolis. On the week before that, we were away to um, Jacksonville. Um, 
Well, they're both on ESPN, I believe. Um, and so we we got together at various local bars. There's a number of you know big bars that are pretty well known to soccer fans in the in the uh, city. So we we kind of tried shifting around to the different those different bars and watching the games on on the, whatever streaming service they had. So if they had ESPN, we'd watch it on ESPN. The local community is responding well. They like the team, and I think you guys are setting a new standard. So for like the normal soccer mm-hmm. fan and the normal investor, they might say we need to be on, for example, the biggest local um, TV partner or channel. Uh, but you guys like, no, we need to be on Twitter. We need to. And Twitter has so many users around the world, and that's your fan base. It's not just San Francisco. Mm-hmm. It's the whole world. They kind of hit it really well where they're, they're building this team for the fans. They're not trying to do it uh, to, you know, only make a, a quick buck or anything. They they want to make make this team to last and to really gather support of the people and the fan base and really you know it's all about them. They're number one um, in their eyes and so whatever they can do to make the fans happy, that's what they're trying to go after. Um, and you, you look at a lot of the different things that they're doing, like a fan voting uh, for the first jersey and and trying to keep the ticket prices low at the games. Yeah. Um, all of it is you know from fan feedback. Um, I think our first game we had a they we. One of the biggest issues at the game was the long lines in order to get to the beer or the food, uh, and so a lot of people, you know, submitted their feedback on that. And um, and and Brian's like, okay, number one priority for the next game is to eliminate the lines, get rid of them, find you know, we gotta add another person there, do something else, and get those lines down to basically nothing. And uh, the next week, uh, when we played against North Carolina, those lines were completely gone. So. Um, they, it's not just, you know, we want to do get your feedback from fans. They actually listen and they actually um, will work really hard to make sure that everyone's happy with, you know, the product that they're putting out. So lastly, Hans, what's your score prediction for the match? I'm, I'm, I'm thinking a 2-1 victory for the Deltas is what I'm, I'm, I'm going with. It's going to be a low-scoring <laughs> affair is my guess. Yeah, it's going to be great. I think Mark Dos Santos understands, like, he played against the Cosmos uh, with the Fury at the final, so he lost, but mm-hmm. I, I think he understands <laughs> sort of what to expect from them, even though we have a different squad and all of that, but mm-hmm. I think he understands. You almost got what, one of your midfielders. <laughs> yeah, but we, but you guys are yeah. so nice. Now we love you guys now, so. <laughs> we, we did give him back, so. <laughs> no, you Danny, guys made a, a nice um, profit on that. His last name, but. Danny Satella, yeah. <laughs> You guys made a nice profit. Yeah, I was, so. I was joking with them. We had uh, we had more former players in games than played at that time. <laughs> <laughs> but what were your thoughts on that? Did you like that move? Did you just not know how good he was? Or hoping for a good team that was probably a bad move. But I think as a fan and anyone else that's involved, I think that was a good one in terms of um, being responsive to you know the, your, your players. You want to make sure the players are happy as well, and that you know Danny had his heart in, in New York and. Uh, he played for you guys, you know, the year before, and he, you know, the, the whole ownership and whether or not you guys still be around was still up in the air at the time when he signed for us. Uh, and I think it was a good gesture on the Delta side to um, say, you know, hey, they're back. I know you want to go back, so you know, we'll we'll void your contract. You can go back to the the Cosmos for free, and you know, we won't. It's it's up to you. So uh, I think it was a good. I think it was a good move ultimately. Let's just put it out there that in any other league in Europe or whatever. That would never happen. They would never give a player right back to their rivals. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's part of you know building the soccer culture within uh, the U.S. And I don't think it's going to happen if everyone's constantly butting heads. I mean, you want to have those good rivalries, those good, uh, you know, I, I won't want to call it friendly rivalries, but you want to have those good rivalries. But 
you, you know, you got to build that, build it up together, and you got to work together in order to really build that sport up. And uh, I think that kind of goes a long way in showing that kind of um, all a branch, I guess, if you will, by um, allowing that to happen. So the last thing, Hans, uh, do you think the Deltas are trying to like market this as like Deltas Cosmos? Come out and see the Cosmos and like see this very historic club. Uh, I think they're marketing it as uh, San Francisco versus New York City. Uh, yeah. We're we're too. Uh, I think uh, ideology like our, our our cities are very very different in terms of the kind of people that are there, um, but there's also kind of a lot of similarities and it's almost like East Coast versus West Coast, um, and so I think that's kind of the way they're sort of marketing it. And uh, and yeah. I think you know the Cosmos obviously has that history, uh, and they're definitely going to be you know, using that to kind of help market it. You know the former former club of uh, Pele and Beckenbauer. They actually played at Kizar Stadium way back in the day, and so you know it's, it's like a return for the Cosmos to Kizar. Yeah, I see a lot of teams doing that. Mm-hmm. Like when we had Raul and Marco Senna mm-hmm. and all those players, they would say, "Okay, come and see Raul," and they would sell all their tickets because Raul is there. They're not selling the tickets on their players and what they're trying to do. So, mm-hmm. yeah, just... yeah, and, and I know that Deltas are trying to avoid um, something like that. They they don't want to have you know some kind of big famous performer at halftime or anything like that. So they don't want people buying tickets to see the halftime show. They want people buying tickets to watch the game. Uh, just like they don't want people buying tickets just to see the Cosmos. They want people to buy tickets to see, you know, the Deltas versus the Cosmos. Uh, and I think that's really where they want to market that. And, you know, New York City versus San Francisco, East, for, East Coast versus West Coast, however you want to play it off. But uh, I think it could be the start of a good rivalry within the NASL. The Cosmos did that in their home opener April 1st. We had this Puerto Rican mm-hmm. uh, rapper, Faruko. I don't know if you ever heard of him, um, but I didn't know one yeah. word he was saying. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, he was performing before the match, and I think at halftime mm-hmm. he came back out. But I don't know how many people yep. actually bought tickets to see him. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like you're saying, like, Justin Bieber is going to be there or, like, a mainstream, <laughs> like, North American oh, rapper, not. right? You have a Puerto Rican yeah, guy coming no. to town. Even though he had, like, millions of followers on Twitter, in the New York market, mm-hmm. that might be wow. We're gonna get a lot of people here because Faruko is gonna come to our match. Yeah, promote your team and and uh, your players, of course, not the Cosmos because yeah, yeah. yeah. Because we want we want the fans that want you know come enjoy it and want to come back, and we want the people that enjoy soccer to come out and and watch the match. So yeah, the Cosmos they did that. Um, I think it was last season. I don't know if you remember, but Joe Cole of the Rowdies. Mm-hmm. Uh, they promoted, I think they put a video on social media and Joe Cole made a video for the Cosmos and we're saying, come out mm-hmm. to Hofstra Short Stadium, we're playing the Cosmos, come and see it. And they had like um, a promo code, like Cole. And I was like, what the mm-hmm. hell? You don't want to be promoting the other team's players, promote your own players. Uh, I, don't, I don't think they're going to be trying to you know pick out your best player and say, come see him play, you know, come see the Deltas. That was the most embarrassing moment of the Cosmos last season. Uh, so, yeah, let's just end the chat yeah. there. I really enjoyed the chat, Hans. Uh, best of luck this season. Maybe not best of luck this weekend, but you can beat everyone else <laughs> after Saturday. And hopefully we face off in the uh, championship final or in the semifinal or whatever. Yeah, it would be good to see you in the, uh, in the playoffs. Yeah, it would be great playing at Kaiser Stadium. Hopefully the lines are not that long. So... <laughs> Shouldn't be anymore. <laughs> okay, thanks again, Hans, for coming on the show. Really appreciate yeah, it. Thank and you. you can follow the supporter group on Twitter, right? At Delta Force. Correct. SF underscore Delta Force. Okay, thanks. I really appreciate it for you coming on. Thank you.
Thanks to Hans for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. So before we get into our discussions towards the end of the show, let's preview the other fixtures throughout the NASL this weekend. We have Armada FC versus Indy 11 at Hodges Stadium in Jacksonville. I think this is going to be a very close match, and this is a match that I think a lot of supporters throughout the league should keep up with because the Armada, top of the table, Indy 11, very exciting squad. I really believe the Armada have the upper hand. They're playing great at home. I see the Armada potentially winning this match, which is a very shocking statement because Indy 11 are a very exciting team as well. But I think Armada are going to win one nothing. So Puerto Rico FC versus North Carolina FC, I predict a 1-1 draw. Miami FC versus FC Edmonton at Ricardo Silva Stadium. A very tight match. I predict the 1-1 draw here. And the Deltas versus the New York Cosmos. I said a 2-1 victory for our Cosmos. We have two topics to talk about before we end the show. Number one is Cosmos B. So they announced the roster. And let's just read this quote from the Cosmos B new head coach, Kevin Anderson. He says that we are still putting the final touches on this group. We have some work ahead of us to uphold the standards of a storied franchise. So far, we are heading in the right direction. So Cosmos B's first match is going to be this Saturday um, against Boston City FC, which will be very exciting. Hopefully they can pick up the three points. But my issue with Cosmos B, or before we get there, let's just talk about some of the players. The player that I want to watch throughout this campaign is Lucas Mendes. He's a 19-year-old attacking midfielder. He was a star at Washington Lee High School, tallying 28 goals and 12 assists in one season and helping the team win the state championship. His honors include being named 2016 National Gatorade Player of the Year and 2016 Virginia High School Player of the Year. Mendez spent three seasons at D.C. United Academy where he totaled 28 goals and 17 assists in 45 Game. So he joins Cosmos B less than a year after debuting for the University of Virginia's men's soccer team. This is a player that we should watch out for in the 2017 NPSL season. Hopefully we're not developing Lucas Mendez for an MLS team, for a European club. And I know we did that with Haji Wright. He came over. And I know in the beginning, Haji Wright said that he wanted to join a European side. But I want to see the Cosmos develop talent for our first team. Carlos Mendez and other players that are getting older are not going to be here forever. We can't depend on them forever. So the likes of a 19-year-old Lucas Mendez, imagine slotting him right into our side once Giovanni Savarese and the staff thinks that he's good enough, thinks that he deserves a spot on the first team. So hopefully we get to speak to him real soon on his career so far, where he wants to go. Does he see a future with the New York Cosmos or maybe with an MLS team or maybe with a club in Europe? Hopefully he stays with the Cosmos until he feels he needs to take his career to the next level. I don't want to put a lot of pressure on Lucas Mendes. I don't want to consider him a Freddie Adu and say he's going to be the next Messi. He's the player that's going to win us the World Cup or whatever. I don't want to put that much pressure on Lucas Mendes. He has great stats, but now he has to prove himself 
in the MPSL with Cosmos B. And we've seen players get promoted. Ruben Bover, and I know he played with the Red Bulls and he had so much experience with an MLS side, but he was injured. He came, played with Cosmos B, and worked his way to the first team. So why can't Lucas Menez do that? And I know he's young, he has a bright future ahead of him, but I hope that bright future is with the New York Cosmos first team. My one problem with Cosmos B is that I feel we should have a consistent squad every single year. And I understand that there's college players, there's players that want to move on and don't feel that they have a future with Cosmos B. But I feel changing the squad every single year is not benefiting anyone. If we bring in 20 players or 20 different players every single year, what's the reason of investing money into the MPSL and into the squad? There's no point. So that's why I think we need to have returning players every single year and let them prove to the coaching staff that they deserve a shot on the first team. On the squad, we have a Columbia University grad, the 2016 National Gatorade Player of the Year, and we have six returning players from the 2016 roster. I want to see those six players make a point to the coaching staff of why those players should be selected for the first team. Hopefully they get a pro contract in the future. And like I said, I hope they play for the Cosmos, but I think the goal is to just develop talent. If that's for an MLS team, if that's for a European squad, we're developing American players, and that's what I love to see. And the last topic we will talk about is Rocco B. Camiso. I know we saved the Cosmos. He's our owner. We love him so much. But the special thing that he did this weekend was he went into the five points. If anyone doesn't know, the five points is the supporters group. It's a section. Well, we play in a baseball stadium, so it's in the outfield, in the bleachers. And they have their own section, and they stand for the 90 minutes. And Rocco B. Camiso, towards halftime, he was in the section, interacting with the supporter group, or the supporter groups. What owner, and let me just put this out there, what owner in U.S. soccer or throughout the world is in the stands, is in the stadium, interacting with supporters. Most clubs just put their chairman, just put maybe the CEO or the COO that's going to communicate with the fans, that's going to talk to the media, and I don't want to be a part, I don't want to be that figurehead, I don't want to be that public figure. I want you to do that job. But Rocco B. Camiso is that guy. He's that public figure that's not scared to talk to fans to take pictures with fans. He's like a superstar. He's not afraid to interact with everyone and show that we are a family. We are a family. Even though he's a billionaire and he owns the team, he still feels like one of us. And that's what's special about the New York Cosmos. That's what's special about what we're trying to do here. And I hope, I hope we get to talk to Rocco B. Camiso in the next couple of weeks. And we get to understand his vision. What's the project? What's the project about our New York Cosmos? And I know he's talked about potentially building a stadium and sharing that with NYCFC or whatever the future might hold. But maybe in the next couple of weeks or months, we can sit down and talk to Rocco B. Camiso about the project. Where does he see this in three to five years? 
are we still going to be playing at MCU Park? And I know we need to create that buzz and we need to um, draw great people in the stadium. But let's say we're drawing 7,000 people every single night two years from now. And maybe there's a waiting list. He has to make a move. He has to build a stadium or move home and to show that we need to fill up a stadium and to make enough money as a club to compete and to hopefully qualify for the Champions League and win the U.S. Open Cup. And over time, we're going to grow as a fan base, as an organization, and as a soccer club. And hopefully, we can be one of the biggest clubs in U.S. soccer. I believe we are. I believe we are because of our history and because of what we are as a club and our name and our brand. But I think on the field, we could win an NASL title, but that doesn't change who we are as a club. But say we go and win the U.S. Open Cup or go and win the Champions League, that can change our club for the good. We can get more money and we can compete. And maybe now we're in the club or in the FIFA Club World Cup and we can compete at the highest level. And that's what I want to see. So we have some listener questions. Uh, we have one coming in from Inspector Spacetime at Dream underscore King on Twitter. He says, uh, Saturday match showed good improvement in performance, uh, but bad attendance didn't bode well. What's the comprehensive 6-12 to 12 month plan to build base, I'm guessing supporter base? Um I'm guessing just market, just promote your brand because in New York City, and I think this is going to be the problem with the schedule that the Cosmos have is because they play a match and then then they're on the road for a couple of weeks. And I think that's because where we're playing and we don't control and we don't own the facility. So we're going to have problems on that front. Once their season starts, the Cyclones, we have to adjust our schedule with theirs. We need to work together. So going back to the question is I think we need to market and keep on promoting the team, keep going out there, and keep telling them that we're the New York Cosmos, what we're doing, what league we play in, and just tell them that there's local soccer. It's reasonable. You could bring the whole family out. So being talked about on local news outlets, in the papers, on the radio, and just getting the media members used to talking about the Cosmos, talking about soccer, that's the hardest thing, is that when you, like, locally in New York City, I watched, like, the Michael K show, on ESPN Radio New York, and they have coasters, and they don't talk about MLS teams, but they have coasters of all the New York teams, so like NHL, all the the mainstream sports, and then they have NYCFC, and they have the Red Bulls, well, but they don't have the Cosmos. So just the small things of just showing that we deserve the same respect with those other clubs. And I think over time... We're going to see more um, more fans coming to the stadium. Like I said, just getting the word out there. So the 6-12 to 12 month plan is just marketing. We're in a big city. You don't live in a small town where you just put the team there and everyone's just so excited about it. You're in a big market where no one cares about you. No one cares about soccer. So you need to get out there and sort of come up with ideas of how do we make soccer important in this town how do we make people care about our team? And I think over time, that's going to work. And maybe more word of mouth, maybe, because we saw in the first match we broke the record from last year. If fans that go, maybe season ticket holders, bring 
their friends and family to matches, maybe they get an incentive. So maybe they get more free tickets or maybe they get a free kit or whatever. But just those diehard fans spreading the word and bringing more fans to the stadium. So maybe that's something that we can do because you could spend all the money you want on a billboard, even though that's a positive thing and you're getting the name out there. But if you have your fans that go to the matches every single week, tell their friends and family, come to the match, and they can sell them on their own point. They can persuade them on their own values and whatever they stand for as soccer supporters. I think that could be a great thing as well. So hopefully maybe there's a Cosmos employee listening to the show and maybe they can pick that up. So, And his second question, maybe we could talk about this at a later date, like he said, but he says, what's the long-term stadium plans um, aqueduct, uh, subway access, plus New York Rail. Maybe we need partnerships to survive, plus a huge site. Um, yeah, that's something that I was talking about earlier. Maybe we need to talk to Rocco about the long-term plans. And not just stadium plans. Long-term plans of what's the future of the New York Cosmos. I love the NESL. I love the NESL, and I think it's a very competitive league, and we're growing with it, and that's great. But what are our plans as a club? Where do we see us five to ten years from now? As a fan, I have my own goals and dreams and wishes that I want to see the Cosmos achieve. And that number one thing as a supporter today is to win the U.S. Open Cup. To me, that's something that I look forward to every single year on the pitch. But off the field, I want a stadium that we can call home, that we can be proud of, And that we can say, hey, we have a stadium. And people support us. The local community, the local media care about our club. So where should we build that stadium? I'm not sure. I'm totally not sure at the moment. Maybe talk to Rocco Camiso hopefully in the next couple of weeks or the next month. Thank you everyone once again for tuning into this week's show. Thanks to Hans for coming on the show, of course. And uh, towards the end of the week, we will have another edition of First Scene Podcast Extra Time. And if you missed last week's edition, which was the second edition of First Scene Podcast Extra Time, make sure you catch it. We talked with Paul Scanling about potentially two Division Three soccer leagues and what that means for U.S. soccer. Also, you can email us at firstscenepod at gmail.com. Share your thoughts and opinions on what we talked about on this week's episode. You can follow us on Twitter and on Facebook at First Team Pod, website firstteampod.com. And as always, let's go, New York Cosmos. Yeah, just want to give a shout out to the five points. The Borough Boys of Benedict Cosmos and the Cross Island yeah. crew. Uh, yeah, it's New York Street and White, but we believe you see and fight. Indeed, it seems to be achieving. See, we do and did it right. Cosmo Country loving, we above them. I'm just saying. All those lovely somethings come and see it in our playing. The fact of it is, rap from kid attacks, hash and bliss. Reacts, tap, we win. So fast, racking them in. Whether it's tag the wing, going back to the through the mid, cutting the seams. It seems we see anything to be. We got a ball and a dream. Got a ball and a dream. We do. I'm new, it's true. Fancy crew, down for you, no doubt they do. Surrounding you about the views. Like shouting cues aloud to you without the dudes. Around my crews, I'm tracking past, no excuse. Each session and lesson, it's not about perfection. The work's the test and F's connected like a method. Not breathless after training, something's gotta be corrected. Rushing and acceleration at the start's the most suggested. Infected with greatness, potential is spacious. Out the world, just face it. The work becomes contagious. Some may say we made it, but now we've just begun. Sorry if you hate it, because I can tell you that I'm far from done.